morning, everybody. Um, let's open with a word of prayer today. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your words. We ask you, Lord, that this Holy Spirit would take this time and use it and touch people's lives with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we've been going through Mark uh, chapter 11. We've got in chapter 11, and there's a couple things we've been exploring uh, from Mark chapter 11, and I want to dig into it a little bit further today. Um, Mark chapter 11, and if you remember the story, Jesus was uh, walking along with, uh, with his disciples, and he ran into some, excuse me a minute, i got something in my eye there. He ran into a tree that he was expecting some fruit from, and they didn't have it. So he cursed the tree. And when he did, the next day, uh, they went back to the tree, and it was uh, withered from the roots up. And Peter says, hey, how'd you do that? That's a pretty good trick. How did you do that? Which you'd want to know. You know, how did you do that? And uh, in chapter 11, verse 22, Jesus answered them and said, Have faith in God. Or, as some translations say, some of the older translations say, have the God kind of faith. And he said, For truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Now, uh, Jesus made that statement in response to their question, how did you kill the tree? So, there's some, there's some key elements here, and we've talked about some of them, uh, about words, about speaking words, and we want to spend just a couple more sessions uh, digging into this about words, and then we'll go ahead and, and, and finish through Mark. But the first thing you've got to look at here is in verse 23, For truly I say, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and thrown into the sea, he says the word says three times. So the key is, what do you say? And we've seen that. And he goes, therefore I tell you whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you'll have them. So there's two elements here. There's saying, and there's believing. And we we spoke about... um, the BSA principle, the believe, speak, and act. If you believe it, you'll speak it, and then you'll act on it. And that's what—that's exactly what Jesus had. But we want to dig into uh, further a couple other words that Jesus said, and then we'll look look at some specific things that the scriptures say uh, about our words. Uh, John fourteen twelve, very very popular scripture, very common scripture quoted. But let's take a look at it. John 14, 12. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, he who believes in me will do the works that I do, and he'll do greater works than these, because I'm going to the Father. And then in verse 13, I will do whatever you ask in my name, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you will ask anything in my name, I will do it. So, how do we connect that to what's going on today? We've had all kinds of political turmoil. We've got all kinds of rancor going on in the church, in the public square. And Jesus said, if you believe what you say will happen, and if you'll do the same works that I do in greater works. So how does that happen? What, 
could it just be as simple as saying what we want to have done? Uh, um, uh, Aunt Minnie's down here and she's sick at the front row, and I say Aunt Minnie is healed. Is it is it that simple, or is there more to it than that? Is is it a bit more complicated than that? Well, yes and no. It is that simple, but no, it's more complicated than that. So let's dig into the word here and look a little bit. Um, Mark, we talked about Mark 11. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians 4:13, and listen to what this says. This confirms, Paul confirms what we were talking about earlier. We have the same spirit of faith, and as it is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. So we also believe, and therefore we speak. And I had a, a note that I wrote out to the side of that. If you're believing the wrong thing, you'll speak the wrong things. If you want to know what somebody really believes about something, just let them talk. You'll hear what they have to say. And um, uh, it won't take very long to figure out if what they say comes from faith or if it comes from fear. Now, Ephesians 5.1 says, Be ye imitators of God. Okay, Paul says that in a couple places, to be imitators of God. Imitate me as I imitate Him. And um, so, what does that look like? How do we as people imitate what God was doing? Okay, um, let's go on and look. hold that in mind. Let's go look at James chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, James 1, verse 26, very potent scripture. If I can find it here. If anyone among you seems to be religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. So it's clear that bridling our tongue, taking control of our tongue, is one of the keys to being successful here. Because he, he spoke earlier about being, don't be doubtful, like waves in the water. Uh, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, sometimes you're nearly level to the ground. You know, don't do that. So, let's go on. And one of the, the one of my favorite stories was, I, I heard a, a pastor tell this story. After he had preached, he was talking about saying what, you know, Speak the Word of God. Speak things of faith. And um, one of his members came up to him and said, I need you to pray for me. And he said, what's the matter? He says, I can't quit smoking. And he says, I've tried and I've tried. And he said in probably five minutes, he bet he said, I can't quit smoking 25 times. So he said, well, let me ask you to do, a, do me a favor. And he said, do you want to try something different? And he said, yeah. He said, okay. Every time you light up a cigarette, every time you reach for a cigarette, every time you take a drag off a cigarette, say, I thank God I don't have to smoke. I thank God the Holy Spirit's delivered me from that. And the guy says, well, hey, I'm already smoking. But I am smoking. He said, well, you're already smoking. Try this. And so he said he forgot about it. And two weeks later, he said after a sermon, he said he'd forgotten this incident. But after the sermon, he saw this guy running up to him. Uh, down the aisleway, and he said, I knew what it was, and he said, you could tell it on his face. He just a big smile on his face. He said, you know, I did what you said. I started speaking what God said. I didn't have to be dominated by nicotine. I don't have to do this. I don't have to smoke. And he said, I'd buy a pack of cigarettes, and he said, I'd light up a cigarette, and he said, I just feel stupid, but I did it anyway. So after two weeks, he said he was standing on the street corner 
waiting for the light to change, and he started to light up a cigarette, and he said, he just sensed the Holy Spirit in his heart say, you don't have to do that anymore. And he said he's never smoked since. And so he said, it works. So the power of our words, it's not the power of suggestion, it's not positive thinking, it's the power of God's Word. It's what God, God's Word is the incorruptible seed. That's what Peter says. You were born again of incorruptible seed. And that incorruptible seed will bear fruit when it's planted correctly. Now, let's go on and let's talk about James chapter 3, verse 2. That should be real close to James chapter 1 if I got my Bible right. And it is. Here we go. We all err in many ways, but if man does not err in his words... He is a perfect man able to control the whole body. So, the trick here is to keep from erring in your words. Don't err about what you say. Now, how do we do that? Well, uh, we know we're to be imitators of Jesus. What did Jesus say? He said, I only speak the words my Father speaks. I only do what I see my Father do. And, and uh, probably one of the most important scriptures, but we don't hear too much about it, is Matthew 4.4 4 and the temptation. And you look at this scripture, and you need to really mark this one in your Bible, put circles around it, underline it, star it, make it green, whatever you do to make an important note, make this note. Satan told him, he said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to be turned into bread. See, Satan understood words. He understood what words were about. That's why he knew that Jesus could do that if he, if he wanted to. But Jesus' response was, listen to this. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. So how does this bear to what we're trying to do? How does living by every word that comes out of God's mouth, how does that bear fruit for us today? How does that work in our own lives? Well, let's take a look at some of the other scriptures we got. First Peter uh, three ten. First Peter chapter three verse ten. It's a good scripture, strong scripture. All right. For he who would love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips. From speaking deceit. Let me say that again. He who would love life and see good days, don't we want that? I mean, that's what you want for your kids. That's what you want for your family, for your job. You're asking God uh, for good days. Then let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So, what is evil and what are speaking? what is speaking deceit? Well, anything that's not lined up with God's Word would be classified as speaking deceitful or evil. Now, let's look on here. Let's go to... Um, actually, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. We could look at the whole chapter, but we won't. Let's just look at chapter 11, verse 1. You may know it by heart by now, but I'm going to read it from the modern English version. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And you go down to verse 3. 
By faith we understand that the universe was framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. And it doesn't say that God made the world out of nothing. It says He made it out of stuff you can't see. There's a big difference. And if somebody tells you that the world God made the world out of nothing, that's not right. It says right here, He made things that are seen were not made out of things which are visible. So they're made out of stuff you can't see. That's what he's saying. Now, go down to verse 6. And without faith it's impossible to please God, for he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith it's impossible to please God. Now, we went back in the beginning of our story of our study on Mark. You go back to, to Mark chapter 1. You'll see that the, the Spirit of God came down and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Well, we know Jesus operated in faith because you can't please God without faith. Now, how do we get faith? Well, you don't get it by praying for it. It says in Romans 10, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So, the tie-in here is in order to live by the Word of God, you have to have the Word of God inside you. It's the, it's, we go back to Mark 4. It's the seed that was transferred. The sower sows the seed. He's sowing good seed. Okay. Now, let's go on and let's look up a couple of other Scriptures. Let's, let's go to Proverbs. We'll, we'll spend some time in Proverbs. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. I think this verse was written for me. He certainly had me in mind when he wrote it. Verse 2 in chapter 6 says, You are snared with the words of your mouth. You are taken with the words of your mouth. <laughs> so, I, I know people that know me find this hard to believe, but growing up as a kid, I had a smart mouth. And... Um, um, I haven't quite gotten over it, uh, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, but I would say some, I would say things to people that just curl your hair, and and I got in all kinds of trouble for it. I got beat up because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I had time after time after time where I just shot my mouth off and said what I thought was you know the right thing to say. It turned out it wasn't the right thing to say. Now we'll see some other scriptures in Proverbs that tell us that a wise, a wise man will guard the words of his mouth. But at that time, I didn't do that. That was the hardest thing for me to learn, and I'm still learning it. I have been married 45 years, and I can tell you 45 years of experience, I know what not to say. I don't always say it, but I know what not to say. And um, so, it kind of reminds me of that insurance commercial it was on TV. I don't know if you've seen it where Abraham Lincoln's standing there holding his hat and his wife is modeling a dress. She's looking in the mirror and she says, uh, does this dress make me look fat? And old Honest Abe says, well, yeah. And then it, the thing goes on, probably a Geico commercial says, you know, you don't always have to say everything you know. It got him in a lot of trouble. But anyway, now, Let's look at Psalms 34, verses 12 through 13. Psalm 34, verses 12 through 13. All right. 
Who is the man who desires life and loves a long life in order to see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Verse 14 says, Turn away from evil, do good, seek peace, and pursue it. There's six things in there that he tells you to do with your mouth. Number one, keep your tongue from evil. Number two, keep your lips from speaking deceit. Number three, turn away from evil. Number four, do good. Number five, seek peace. And number six, pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. That's probably only one thing, but I made it two. So, the point is, your, your tongue has a lot to do with the direction of your life. Don't forget that. Because he says right here, if you love life and you want a good life, keep your tongue from evil. If you want a bad life, then just speak whatever comes to your mind. We'll talk about that after, after a bit. Now, um, what you, this is the old uh, computer. I did a lot of work in computer for years. And one of the maxims that we had was Geigo. Garbage in, garbage out. Not hard to understand. If you plant potatoes, what are you going to get? Radishes? No, you'll get potatoes. You plant words of seed, you plant words of doubt, fear, and unbelief, what do you think you're going to get? Doubt, fear, and unbelief. They can't do anything else but. Now, um, if you're full of death, and deathly words, that's what will come out of you when you're in the crunch. When you're in a tight jam, um, it's like I heard one guy say, uh, he was in an airplane hangar and he walked under the wing of his airplane and the, airplane and the mechanic hit his finger with one of the wrenches or something and he let, lo- he let loose a stream that you wouldn't say in a, in a sermon. And he said, uh, this guy saw the pastor standing there, and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. And the guy said, no, no, that's all right. We just know what's in you in abundance. Okay, so when you hit your fingers, a good example of what comes out of your mouth. Now, one of the things I want you to understand, let's look at Deuteronomy. Just turn to Deuteronomy 28. And we need to set aside a couple principles in here that are dramatic. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now, Jesus said in Galatians that he was hung on the tree and that we were delivered from the curse of the law. Now, what is the curse of the law? Well, it's outlined here in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now, it's very interesting. This is a foundational scripture for monitoring what we do as we as we move into to begin to speak things, and we begin to do what Jesus told us to do in uh, Mark 11. Uh, If you look at Deuteronomy 28, and you look at the first uh, 14 verses, these are the blessings of the law. This is the blessings, Abraham's blessing. Um, Your offspring will be blessed. Your livestock will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you go in, when you come out. The Lord commanded blessing on your barns and all you set your hand to do. The Lord will make you overflow in prosperity and the offspring of your body and the offspring of your stock. The Lord will open up to you His good treasure to heaven to reign on your land in season and bless all the work you do. That's the blessing of the law. Now, 
What about the flip side of the coin? Let's see what the curse of the law is. If you start at verse 15 and actually run, your, run the course of the chapter and run over to verse 68, you'll see the curse of the law. These are the things that happen uh, when you don't obey God, when you don't follow His Word. If He tells you to go left and you go right, you're going to get in trouble. That's just the way it works. Now, but listen to some of the, 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 the problems that he has if you're under the curse of the law. If you will not listen to the voice of the Lord your God by being careful to do all his commands and statutes, then all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And he outlines every kind of miserable thing you could have. In, in some translations, he's talking about the various diseases you'll get. He says, uh, you'll get the botch. I don't know what the botch is. I don't want the botch. Okay? He goes on and he says down, I believe it's verse 61. I believe it's verse 61. Let's look and see. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed. COVID, AIDS, cancer, I don't know what it might be. But now watch this. It says, the Lord will bring upon you if you're destroyed. Who's the destroyer? It's Satan. Okay? God's given you a simple choice. I want you to go down this road. You, the enemy wants you to go down that road. Make a choice. You have a choice. It says that in Deuteronomy chapter 30, I believe it's verse 19. Um, there, let's see. I call heaven and earth to witness against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. There you go. It's set before you to make a choice. We make a choice with our mouth. And we choose what words we want to speak. If we get into a situation that's difficult, we want to speak what God's Word says. That's what He's talking about in Mark 11. Speak to the mountain. Okay, now, uh, let's look at uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Now, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Bingo. All those things from verses 15 up to 68 under the curse of the law, bad land, bad marriage, your kids getting raped, your wife getting... All those bad things that are happening, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by being made a curse for us. Because it says, Cursed is he who hangs on a tree. He did that, now get this, He did that so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He paid the price so we don't have to. He paid the bill. You don't have to foot the bill anymore. Uh, Colossians says that the, the writ of... The, the writ of um, I forget the word that they used, but the, the charges that were against us have been dropped. They've been nailed to the cross and they're gone forever. We don't have to worry about them anymore. Now, one, one other scripture we want to look at about speaking. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 37. If I've got my Bible right, that should be in the Old Testament. And it is. It means I put these tabs on here correctly. I got them on here right. Turn to... Uh, Ezekiel 37, and look at this. Many people know this is the valley of the dry bones. 
Um, but listen, listen to how this how this comes about. Ezekiel thirty-seven one through fourteen. Now listen to this: the hand of the Lord was upon me, and He carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley which was full of bones, and He caused me to pass along them, uh, among all of them. And there were very many in the open valley, and they were dry, very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, You, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them. Okay? He said, Speak to them. Prophesy to them. Prophesy means say what the Lord says. Okay? Thus says the Lord to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you so that you live. And I will lay sinews, sinews upon you and will grow back flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you so that you may live. So, verse 7, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and a shaking and the bones started coming together. When I looked, sinews and flesh grew upon them, but there was no breath in them. Look down at verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind. Say to the wind. Okay? Thus says the Lord. And he goes through and it happens just like he said. Now I want you to look at this. Um, we were going to talk about this later, but now is just as good a time as any. When Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you ever again, and the next day the thing was dead, they asked him, how did you do that? And he said, I spoke to it. Now, can, can, inanimate, can inanimate objects hear what you say? Well, the tree did. The wind did here in Ezekiel. The storm did in Mark chapter 4. The fever did when Jesus spoke to the fever. So yeah, he can speak to inanimate objects and they will actually do what he said to do. Now, can we do that? Well, Romans 5, imitate the Lord. Now, it takes time. You don't get this stuff overnight. You don't learn it. You're not 50 years old and you learn about it. The next day you're an expert at it. It doesn't work that way. It's like, a, you know, we're kind of like a, a grade school quarterback. We might throw a few touchdown passes and run for a number of touchdowns. But when you get in high school, it's a different deal. You've got to learn some more skills. You've got to get bigger. You've got to get stronger. Once you get into high school and you come, become a 5A quarterback, uh, everybody wants you and you end up playing for Alabama, that doesn't mean that you could go into the pros and win the Super Bowl. You have, there's a series of things you have to learn through. And it's interesting that the people that turn out to be the best at some of these things are not the ones that were supposed to be the best. Tom Brady's a good example of that. Probably the greatest quarterback as far as numbers and Super Bowls and every all of that. He's probably the greatest one the NFL's ever produced, and he was a backup quarterback for a long time, and he didn't do very well when he was at Michigan. So um, you don't have to be great. You just have to understand what this principle is, and then you put your faith into it. Um, Romans 5.17, you can turn there real quick, and uh, we'll finish up with Romans 5.17. Here's what Romans 5.17 says. But thanks be to God, for you were slaves to sin, but you have obeyed from your heart the teaching to which you were entrusted. Verse 18, And having been freed from sin, 
you're slaves of righteousness. This is how you reign in life. That's what uh, Romans chapter 6 talks about, reigning in life. This is how you do it. You begin to settle your heart down. Uh, Romans chapter 12 says, Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transform is the word we get metamorphosis from. It's a planned event, but you got a caterpillar and then you got a butterfly. That's a planned event that goes through there, and there's a lot of things that happen that are not interest that that are that are not good. When that caterpillar becomes a butterfly, there's an interim stage in there where everything about him just dissolves and he becomes goo. But when it gets all done, when it gets all done, you got a butterfly. And there's no way you can connect the butterfly to the caterpillar. But um so we want to walk on and then there's a number of other scriptures that we'll get to the next time. We're going to finish up this part and then we'll move on to the later parts of, of, of Mark. But um, the point we want to get through is when Jesus said what he said in Mark 11, he's telling us that we live by every word that comes out of God's mouth. So we need to understand what it is that God says. And here's another thing for you to remember. God's word works whether you speak it or whether the angels speak it whether God speaks it. Now think about that. God's Word works whether you speak it, an angel speaks it, or God speaks it. It's God's Word and it's incorruptible seed. Okay? Now, um, we'll plan on finishing this up next time. Uh, Father, I thank You for this time together. We ask You that You would anoint this time. Let the words go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. See you next time. Brilha a luz que nunca